Welcome to The Strong Room, presented by Macmillan Estate Planning. I'm Herb Ham. Our topic on the program today, estate planning tax strategies. For two decades, Macmillan Estate Planning has successfully designed creative tax planning strategies for families. To discuss and explain why minimizing tax is a key to ensuring the financial future of your family, here is Trust and Estate Planning Specialist, Sherry McMillan. What we really want to do is we want to be proactive when it comes to our tax each calendar year. And what we want is we want to pay the least amount of tax that we legally must. And one of the things to think about is Canada Revenue Agency, the IRS, they don't let us retroactively change our mind about how we strategized last year and fix it up at the end of the year. Alternatively, we need to be designing in that way proactively so that effectively we can file in accordance with what has actually happened. It's a new area really because of the baby boom shifting into retirement. And what has always happened historically is when we were in our working careers, um, we were just provided our T-slip by our employer. Um, If we were self-employed, we controlled it through our corporation. And so there wasn't a lot of uh, proactivity that we could conjure up uh, to find a solution to minimize our annual taxation. So what has happened, though, is as we are coming into retirement shifts, many of us are looking at receiving pensions. We're receiving our RIF programs or RSP drawdowns. We're receiving rental revenue, maybe some business income. And so we have a combination today in modern society of income levels. It's not just one source of income anymore. And so how do you control it and what do you use first and which sequential order so you get the most value out of your estate through the retirement phases of life? If you use one asset out of order, you could actually give up a substantial taxation that you really didn't even owe. And so this is why families need to look at this as a proactive approach because we don't work really diligently to create an estate to not get the optimal benefit from that estate in our retirement. Um, Many of us have built a very nice career for ourselves and we enjoy what we do. We have a society today of people selecting what they love to do, not just going to work anymore. And because of that, what we're seeing is a change and we're not seeing a shutdown in retirement like our parents group where we just utterly stop working. Instead, what we're seeing in a more common approach is that people that love what they're doing are continuing, maybe on a slower basis, maybe part-time. Some people are going full out into quite late decades of life. And so that changes the old pattern of I've shut down my revenue stream from employment or from my business, and now I'm going to just only draw my pension. And so that should be a very good tax strategy in principle. But what's happening is that's not the reality of many of us today. In modern society, we're continuing to work and do what we love. And so we're still getting the paycheck. And yet we do have Canada pension planning started, old age security starting. Um, In some cases, for my clients that are beyond 71, they have a RIF program that must come to them. Uh, Some people have defined contribution programs and pensions that started and they were forced to take early retirement. So we have all these combinations of income. 
The other one that's a common source of income for many families in modern times is rental revenue that is happening from some of their recreational properties that they've bought or potentially some rental properties they have. And again, that's another pool of wealth. So there are strategies, however, to help you sequentially spend certain values first in retirement and defer others until later retirement when you don't have such high income being created. And what you want to do is you want to get the most value from every dollar that you receive in that retirement pool. And so there's techniques like, as strange as it is, even though you're past the age of 65, what's wrong with contributing to an RSP and continuing to do that to minimize your taxation so that you do receive other benefits that go along with it? Let's highlight some specific tax exemptions. Typically, a tax exemption is something that you'll never, ever pay tax on, both through your lifetime or when your children inherit one day. So all of us want to utilize that area as much as possible. The second area we have in Canada is called a tax deferral. It means we do certain things, but we get a tax break in the short term, but in the long run, uh, we may have some tax consequences consequences associated with those types of strategies. And one that always comes to mind when we're talking about this is people's RSPs. So they are tax deferral, but they're not a tax exemption. So I always like to talk about the tax exemptions because as um, taxpayers in Canada, we have the right in law to utilize them. And frequently, we're not optimizing them the way we could, not because we wouldn't, but because we don't even know they're out there and we can utilize them. So the very first one I like to talk about is your primary home. And your primary home is an asset that grows in your estate tax-free for the course of your whole lifespan, you and your spouse. And ultimately, when you transfer it to your children one day, you'll never pay tax on it. So one of the areas that people you know, ask a lot of questions about is, well, is my cottage my primary home? Or is my primary home my primary home? Wh- which one is it? Well, whichever one's better for you in your state. So for example, if you have a property in BC and it has greater appreciation than your villa in Calgary, then we could elect that that one is your exempt asset compared to the Calgary asset, and we could pay a smaller amount of tax in your estate. And you don't even have to decide that today. That's the beauty of this legislation. We could des- decide that in the year of your passing once we've done math to figure out which one's better to elect. And so this is a real blessing that we have. So I, I don't want to get everybody out there buying brand new houses today, but I am actually contrarian about downsizing in retirement. I always say, well, you know, you want to keep your workload and your life your life balance in, in check. But numerically speaking, you really do want an asset working well for you because it's completely tax exempt. And so why wouldn't you have a nice primary home and enjoy that property? The second area that we can utilize in Canada it isn't grandiose compared to the nature of most of our family's estates is the tax-free savings account that they introduced a few years back. However, I still recommend it. Um, Some is better than none, and so we want all families to optimize as much as possible. Obviously, the younger you are, the more compounding effect that this kind of account will create for you. So we see these as a real benefit to our clients' children and grandchildren because they have decades ahead where this thing will compound and no tax outstanding attached to it. So I do encourage families to utilize that. The third area, and only a fraction of us use it in Canada, is the capital gain exemption, which currently is $800,000 per person on active business and active farm. So if I have either of those kinds of assets happening in my estate, 
um, let's say I have a married couple, they're entitled to $1.6 million under our current legislation this year, tax exempt inside their estate that they will not pay any income tax on. And so I have families in later years uh, purchasing businesses with folks um, trying to utilize that benefit because just in Alberta alone, um, on an $800,000 benefit, I mean, we're looking at at least 20% taxation on that. So, you know, it's about $160,000 that you save inside of your estate design. And so we don't want to miss this privilege or this opportunity either. And a fourth strategy. We can apply for what's called a maximum tax reserve with the CRA. It's a room that we can be granted in our estate because we're entitled to pay our estate tax. And so let's say I owe $2 million of estate tax. I'm just picking a number in my estate design. I can then apply to the CRA to tax shelter $2 million of my wealth. And if that $2 million becomes worth $4 million, I actually don't pay tax on the gain. So we call it a giant tax-free savings account in reality. And so for affluent families, this is a huge missed opportunity um, that they're not taking advantage of because they don't know if they're not being proactive in doing an estate plan, but rather reactive, they find out when it's too late to actually employ this idea. Ultimately, we want to keep as much as we possibly can. I call it in our genes each calendar year. Um, we want most of it to stay with us. And then in turn, what that does is it compounds because if I keep more of it in my genes each calendar year, more of it builds up for my heirs anyways, for my children and loved ones. And then, of course, at the end of life, we want to have a very good legacy plan designed so that we aren't giving away uh, undue value to the CRA. So if we did qualify for $2 million of our wealth to grow tax exempt, we better have taken advantage of that or we're giving away on every million dollars we didn't have that privilege between two dollars and $400,000 of tax we didn't even owe. And so you can see how proactivity is so important. Many of these strategies will be highlighted at the Macmillan Estate Planning Life and Legacy Seminar, which will be held Wednesday evening, April 22nd. You can register online at macmillanestate.com. When we come back, Sherry McMillan presents information of particular interest to snowbirds. This is The Strong Room. <laughs> 